This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. All right, wrestling fans. It's episode 90 of Top Rope Nation. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Another (laughs) wild week in the WWE at least on WWE SmackDown, because uh, we actually had, I thought it was a really good addition to SmackDown. We got a lot to talk about. We got the title change. We got Kofi Kingston finally getting his title shot. Kyle, you don't have to cancel the WWE Network and protest. Kofi is in the title match at WrestleMania. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Don't project those bad beliefs on me. <laughs> I would never do something like cancel the WWE Network. Unless Kyle I- Ross, I'm not so sure. Unless if I was forced to watch the March to WrestleMania 9 again. There we go. But how can you not look? I love this classic WWF they've been putting on work lately. I do too. The March to WrestleMania 10 was a lot more fun. But to be honest, WrestleMania 10 is a lot more fun than WrestleMania 9. So that wasn't surprising. That's for sure. So that's Kyle Ross out in Cleveland, Ohio, joining us tonight. By the way, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. I think I forgot that last week too. So yes, that's me. If you're, if you're tuning in for the uh, second time, Ryan Drosty, Kyle Ross, and our third guy, Justin Joyne on the line. Justin, what did you think of SmackDown tonight? Boy, I said this before we started, but it's it's amazing that the same company does Raw and SmackDown. I, can I start this podcast off with just a, a scorching hot take that nobody has ever said before? I oh, suppose this so. This is the, the first time anybody has ever said this. Do what it. if we said no and you never said it? <laughs> what if I just muted your microphone right now and like forgot for the next 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> okay so here here it is you ready i i think raw being three hours might be a little too much yeah maybe, oh, wait maybe. A too yeah. long nobody has ever said that before i i was saying off air too i am so glad on comicbook.com i am the smackdown writer and not the raw writer because man smackdown is such an enjoyable watch like even the weeks where Nothing that great happens. It's just so easy to get through. And Raw, just that extra hour, man, sometimes it can really be a drag. And I didn't think it was necessarily a bad show this week, but nothing really happened of note. I, mean, I think we're, we're probably going to talk about the Triple H promo, but outside of that... <laughs> oh, you know, boy. <laughs> he was in rare form on Monday, wasn't he? I know Kyle wants to talk about that. So we're going to talk about that. But uh, I think most of this episode is definitely going to focus in on SmackDown. Next week, ni- episode 91, we'll be doing the WrestleMania preview. Uh, where we will break down all of these, uh, what is it, about 57 matches for WrestleMania weekend at this rate. 13. Although, although we got rid of one tonight from the looks of it. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, I did want to say, before we get going here, we are streaming live video right now. It's Tuesday night. SmackDown just went off the air. We are on uh, patreon.com slash Nation. So, guys, if you're not on our Twitter page and you haven't heard about this, if you just subscribe and you, you listen every week, we do live stream um, our shows every week, or at least we put them up on demand on our YouTube page. And quite honestly, it's a ton of work to edit that video and throw it up every single week. And so it kind of got to the point where I thought, is it worth doing the the video feeds of the show? Do most people listen on audio? And honestly, most people listen on audio, but we have a pretty dedicated audience to tune in every single week on YouTube. And so I kind of decided, we originally did this with the video feeds, and then we went to putting up every single video every week. Uh, We're rolling it back now. So every week we are going to be live on Patreon 
If you want to tune in live, see us record the show, join the chat room, kind of influence the direction of the show, and join our Patreon page. It's only $1 per month to unlock this benefit. You can watch us every single week, plus you get the show earlier than the general public. You know, For example, we're, we are recording this Tuesday night. I'm not posting it till Thursday morning. So it's going out to the world Thursday. If you're a Patreon supporter for a measly $1 a month, you can hear us two days early. Get the live video feed. See uh, Kyle Ross in all his glory right now. He's had a few beers tonight. Justin and myself. What? I'm partaking in a drink My God, right now. Kyle's taking his clothes off right now. <laughs> I don't even know what's going Kyle, on. Kyle, put your there. clothes back on. <laughs> it's like Shawn Michaels, 1995. He's taking out the sequined hat. My God, is, is that assless chaps you're wearing, Kyle? Goodness gracious. This is, are there this any is other, quite the broadcast. Are there any other kind of chaps? <laughs> I don't know. Is there? I'm not, I'm not an expert. I know the Shawn Michaels chaps. And, uh, they definitely have the backside removed. Along with the vest. So if you have a vest, Kyle, if you can put that on tonight, I would greatly appreciate it. So our Patreon supporters get their money's worth. But yeah, patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. We also have a $5 tier, $10 tier. That comes with, uh, you can get like a Top Rope Nation sticker, a free t-shirt, exclusive content. We talked about this on the show before. We've got the Top Rope Nation Classic Series that we are going to be uh, getting back after. If enough of you sign up, we'll re- uh, review old shows in the past. We've done SummerSlam 91. Uh, SummerSlam 97. Those are only available on Patreon. So if you like the nostalgia talk, that's for you. But like I said, just $1 a month, you can get the show every week early with video. And that is the only way to get the video at this point. I think we might do some you know, live pay-per-view post shows here and there. We'll stream that to the world. But as far as the weekly shows go, it's audio only for everyone else. Uh, if you're on YouTube right now, you could be listening to the show, but it is, it's just a static image. There's no video. So if you want the video, uh, patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. All right. So guys, how shocked were you when Charlotte Flair captured the SmackDown women's title tonight? I mean, were you expecting the title change when they announced that match was for the title right off the bat, Justin? Or were you still shocked when she actually won it? I was not shocked because I started the show about an hour late and I made the mistake of looking at our text thread. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle and I kind of spoiled that one for you. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, uh, shocking. Um, I feel bad for Asuka, but I love it. I think it's a fantastic mood, uh, move, especially considering that they officially announced this as the main event of WrestleMania. Um, it just adds a little bit more... Uh, muster to it I, I loved it i think it's fantastic i also very much liked it i was shocked when i was on my twitter feed and i saw so many people incredibly negative about it mostly because you know they thought this means oscar's not going to be on the wrestlemania card she deserved to be the champion heading in and i just have to say right off the bat we've talked about this on the show before i thought about sending out some tweets about this you can follow me at historical ryan but then i was like i don't want to start getting flamed by some of these people that follow me so i'll, I'll hold off to the podcast But my hot take is we talk a lot about how WrestleMania is way too long on this show. And it's because they're trying to cram every single person on that card when, in fact, everyone doesn't have to be on WrestleMania. Do I like Asuka? Yes. I think Asuka's awesome. I love watching her. Um, But does Asuka absolutely have to have a WrestleMania match this year? No, she does not. I mean, if you look at the SmackDown roster, is there any match for her that you're dying to see on a WrestleMania? And in my opinion, there's not like I probably if I would have uh, picked someone, I would have liked to see maybe Mandy Rose get the shot. But it's not really a WrestleMania caliber match when you're talking about a show that's got 13 to 14 matches. That's a gazillion hours long. And so I'm fine with it. You know, put the title on Charlotte Flair. You got both titles in the main event. They didn't really clarify if it's going to be possible to unify the titles or not. So it might not be. But if they do the unification angle with Becky, I think that's great. But uh, yes, Asuka's deserving to have the title headed into WrestleMania. But if she doesn't have someone to work with that's on her level, I just I don't see the purpose in just adding yet another match to the card and it's just a throwaway match. So I think this adds some prestige to the main event. And I liked it. I don't have anything negative to say about it. Kyle? So many questions. So little time. I have to write some notes um, to answer your first question from about four minutes ago. <laughs> um, no, no, no problem there. Um, 
I was not shocked that she won once the match was announced. Like I looked up, I actually wasn't paying attention to the TV when it was, and I shot up and then like Twitter, my Twitter feed exploded and everyone said, Oh my God, Charlotte's going to win the title and it's going to be unification match. So before we get to the subject of if it's a unification match is the right move, which I think we would all agree if so it is. But before we get to that, what you just talked about Ryan with, the one last match. Yes, if you're someone who is of the opinion WrestleMania is too long and has too many matches, then you really can't complain about this. Too, you can't like have it both. You can't complain both ways. Like, you know, by if you think the show's too long, by definition, you think there's too many matches. So if that was a problem for you, you shouldn't be also complaining about this. Um, with the match itself and Oscar losing her spot on the card, number one, I think she would be in the battle. This kind of confirms to me that there is going to be a women's battle royal, even if it has, though it hasn't been announced. Mm-hmm. Do we think that? I mean, yeah, I, I think somebody on Twitter was able to list off twenty names that would be your likely participants, and it, it made a lot of sense. So you look at that match, Oscar versus whomever it was, Mandy. Who it was the four way that was scheduled for tonight, right? Sonia, Mandy, Naomi, Carmella. And Carmella. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's say they go through with that plan. Somebody wins that match. They go on to challenge Asuka for the SmackDown women's title. Where does that match, not just for us, but come on, sports fans, let's be a realistic. Even if you're the biggest Asuka fan in the world, where is that match going to rank in your own WrestleMania pecking order? Exactly. It's near exactly. the bottom. And that's the thing is that, that that's a pre-show match, but after the whole kerfuffle from WrestleMania 33, they can't great put take. a woman's tile match on the pre-show. That's a great take by Justin Joyner, who I love with all my heart and soul. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on this program before. <laughs> <laughs> but, I have had one of those references, Kyle. I, I got to get on your good side, man. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hell of a place to be. <laughs> by the way, coming fresh off of Taco Tuesday tonight at the Rowley. You guys ever see the movie Christmas Story? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it was filmed here in Cleveland. And the house that the family, uh, you know, their house, it, it's right, you know, right there. And I was at the bar across the street from it tonight. Very nice. That's six, where you had those beers. Six tacos, four beers, $16, baby. <laughs> this sounds like a Taco John's trip. Oof, six oh pack God. and a pound. Oh, oh, you're making me. Oh, there we yeah. go. That's going to be WrestleMania day, man. You yeah. better be driving to get some Taco John's. Anyway, back to the SmackDown women's title <laughs> match, which is it going to happen. So, yeah, I just think that, you know, you do feel bad for Asuka and whomever the regularly scheduled, the originally scheduled opponent is that, you know, because it's a big deal, even if it's not a good match, and, you know, it's not the most cared about match. To the performers themselves, I'm sure that's a big deal. So you, there does have to be a little bit of empathy there. But here comes the big question. A, are they unifying the titles? B, should they? And C, is this kind of the right way to go about it? That's to me, is the, is the big discussion here on Tuesday, March 26th in the Top Rope Nation. I think that they should unify them because if there's ever a time to do it, it's right now. You got Becky Lynch, you know, massively over. Uh, they got the women's tag titles on both brands. Why not do it? At least for a little bit. They can always split them apart again. But right now, there's nothing close on the roster what, to what's going on with Becky and Charlotte and Ronda. So to be honest, if they don't have the unification possibility, then I'm a little more negative on Oscar losing the title because... I know it's it still adds some prestige to have like both champions in this match, but if there's not the possibility that Becky can hold both titles up or someone can hold both titles up um, on April seventh, then I don't really see the purpose of having the title switch. But uh, if that is a possibility, I still think that's the right decision. I would like to see them unified personally. I think it'd be a cool moment. I think you got the first women's main event in WrestleMania history, and that just adds a little bit more to it. Uh, Justin, your thoughts, and also what would your reaction be if there is no unification possibility? I'm actually fine with that. I, in fact, I, if I had, uh, you know, would have to bet on it, I don't think there's any chance it is a unification match. Oh my um, God. I, I, I guess I, I would be fine with it if it is, you know, it makes sense with the size of the women's roster, but um, I just don't see them doing that. Um, 
now would definitely be the time to do it if they do. I don't, if it's not, I don't think that hurts Oscar losing the title at all. You can easily just have Becky have to choose which one she wants to keep or, you know, which show she wants to stay on. And then <laughs> the, the other title goes back to the other show and, you know, they, they figure it out from there. It, it's, it's, it's all just to bring a little bit more prestige to this main event. And I don't, I just don't think adding the unification does a whole lot for it. Kyle, your thoughts? I'll, I had, you had me until there. Um, I think it would add a lot. It's odd. You know, I texted you guys in the middle of the, um, SmackDown, you know, my God, the World Wrestling Federation has decided to possibly do a unification match less than two weeks before the WrestleMania. Um, okay, back to the Oscar thing. One thing that was also such a secondary, you know, the idea of well, this will kind of bridge into the unification discussion that uh, Oscar versus whomever was coming across as such a women's intercontinental title match. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like not even it, close to the level of the other title match. Yeah, which is a problem if you're going to have the two titles. Yeah. Okay. That's always the thing. You, can you keep them equal? Because if one is significantly better than the other, why, why are you, you don't really don't have to? Um, I'm all for unification. I think there should only be one women's champion. I also think there should be a one singular male champion for the record, mm -hmm. like yeah. a, a floater. Um, with you know, then you could have the inter. You know, the U.S. title is always associated with WCW, so maybe like the Intercontinental title could be the Raw title, and the Universal title could be the SmackDown title, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like each brand would have a like, you know, the set that would elevate the secondary titles too, and then you have the one world champion. But whatever, that's not what we're talking about. So I, I, I think I'm all for it. Will they? I don't have the answer to that question. How they're because. We have to talk about the how they've done it here. Let's say they don't unify the titles. You know, and there have been people who have been postulating, oh, well, they're just going to have, like, Becky break character at the end of Mania. It's going to be, like, the four horsewomen out there. If they were to do that, then they've gone an odd way of doing that because they could have had just Charlotte beat Asuka on mm -hmm. late, earlier in the show. You know, she'd have won the SmackDown title, Boston Hug Tag, and Becky, and then you could have done Becky Ronda one on one, and you could have had all four of them celebrate that way. Yeah. So if that was the goal, what you wanted, you know, I think this, you know, option B was was maybe the worst one. So I don't, I don't think they're gonna do that. Um, it would, be, and it, and it would be with, with you, Ryan. What you said, I, I kind of am inclined to agree with you. If they don't make it unification. I don't understand the title change as much. Exactly. I don't really know. I know it would still maybe seem more prestigious just visually yeah. having both champions, but it's. I don't think it would serve much of a purpose. It, it's exactly what you said earlier. It, it's because there was no good singles match for the SmackDown women's title for Asuka that made sense to have on the they show just, that has already too many matches. So why not put that title in the main event? And, you know, it, it makes that title more important. Yeah, I could see that. That's true. Also, okay, if they wanted to do a unification match, they've kind of gone a weird way about doing that too, haven't they? Because now, unless if the whole... To me, it always keeps coming back to justifying Charlotte Flair's spot in the match. Doesn't this? Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, like, oh, well, she's this... <coughs> she's a SmackDown champion now. Pardon me. That's what she's bringing to the table. But, like, if they wanted to do a unification match, wouldn't it have just made more sense to keep the SmackDown title on Becky all along? Yeah, and the champion versus champion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, okay, I guess then you have the issue of the Royal Rumble. Like, okay, well, what's, you know, what was that for then? Well, this is just indicative of a lack of long-term planning. <laughs> you know? We think that, you know, and by the way, I think, you know, there have been a lot of people who have made the point that Meltzer when he's not clued in to the direction. Ooh, does that have an effect on his evaluation process? Mm -hmm. I agree with that take, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. We'll also, like, 
people who want to give these hot takes about, oh, this is so wrong. Oh, they, you know, this WrestleMania, you know, I saw Dave Shearer on Twitter, by the way, talking about Dave's. Oh, my God. Some of the shite takes I saw from him were absolutely <laughs> abhorrent today. Um, but you don't know until Mania's over, right? Think about WrestleMania 13. You know, when Meltzer, you know, again, not to pick on him, but I will, at least for a brief moment. You know, he talks about, oh, there's never been a mania like this, where the law, where the book, the planning was just all thrown up there. Uh, WrestleMania 13. You know, yeah. when Sean loses his smile, yeah. that changed everything. Yeah. And think about it. now, I also texted you guys about in the pay per view era, they never could have got away with this kind of booking. You know, the, I mean, this is when we talk about 2019 a lot on this show and how bookings changed, mm-hmm. it's the network has changed so much. You could not do this up until the gun, you know, mass confusion in the pay-per-view era yeah because you're risking asking people to pay 60 bucks out of pocket yeah yeah because you, you risk losing people who haven't figured it out um but you know mania 13 was the lowest bought mania of all time for the record like it wasn't even close and going into that you'd probably be like oh god you know wwe they're lying. Mean, uncensored did a better buy rate that month for the record <laughs> and but look what came out of wrestlemania 13 is my point Mm-hmm. you know and arguably so you know, greatest wrestling yeah. match of all time so so to me you know because we're in this pot you know we all have podcasts now we're all on twitter everyone wants to just you know either label raw smackdown weekly out of you know it was the greatest thing since sliced bread are it was shit well you know you know they've got three bit potential big baby faces coming out of wrestlemania and how they look you know speaking of becky lynch seth rollins kofi kingston how they look three four months six months, nine months next year. That's when I think we could properly evaluate this WrestleMania. It goes back to what you said a couple of weeks ago on this broadcast, Kyle. Is WWE a babyface promotion once again? Oh, I hope it is. <laughs> so I thought kind of, I don't want to completely pivot away if you guys have more thoughts on this, but I, I had a thought come up when you were talking about the two, the two titles, the women's titles, and how one was kind of outranking the other. I feel like with the men's titles, this is one of the first times in recent memory, at least to me, where the WWE Championship has clearly been more interesting and has more momentum behind it than the Universal Title match when Brock's actually, you know, actually been on the show. Would you guys agree? Like, I don't think it's even close at this point. I would have thought going in that. Uh, Rollins Lesnar would have a little bit more momentum, but it, it's kind of kind of stalled in recent weeks. And obviously, Kofi's super hot right now, but they're always going to position Brock late on the card. But this Kofi Bryan match is clearly the match with more momentum right now. You guys agree on that one? Go ahead, Justin. I, yeah, yeah. I think uh, storyline wise and hype, I, I kind of think. Uh, Kofi Bryan is the actual main event of the show. Um, having said that, I think it'll probably end up opening the show. Um, there's just wow. some, there's just something with uh, Brock Lesnar now where it's just it's almost a, like a feeling of dread going in. It's like, oh my god, is he going to freaking win again? Are they going to mm-hmm. keep this title on him for even longer? So it almost hurts the excitement of the match a little bit for me anyways especially considering the matches they have set up with like i I, i'd be shocked if all three of these baby faces you know came out winners in these matches um and the only one that really makes sense to lose is seth um so that that dampens the excitement for me personally I, i i can't speak for uh the rest of the wwe universe yeah, I mean, that's kind of my point, too, is that, you know, for wrestling nerds like us that are hardcore into it, listening to the podcast, doing the podcast, a lot of times we've probably been more interested in the WWE title because that's the one being defended all the time. But like to, you know, Joe Public out there who always get amped up because it's Brock Lesnar, I feel like this is the first time in a long time when Brock's been defending the title on a pay-per-view and the WWE title's been defended on a pay-per-view where unequivocally you could say the WWE title match is the one with more heat right now. Like I can't. Can you guys think of a time when that would have been the case in the last year, Kyle? You'll have to give me a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I do agree with you. Uh, your premise that the WWE title match is absolutely hotter right now than the Universal title match. And you know what's interesting about that? All this hand wringing going on 
about, you know, WWE and this, you know, kind of pull the rug out from under the fans style booking, you know, with Kofi and Brian, non-traditional. Oh, you know, they're waiting the last minute to make the match. You know, what what does Vince McMahon have against Kofi Kingston? Which is an interesting point. That really wasn't, I'm not sure if that was adequately ever explained. You know, like why Vince just conceded today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but anyway, um, by getting back to your point, um, Universal, the irony is you've got all this hand-wringing about this new style booking, right? Well, that match is hotter than the match, the Universal title match, which has had the most traditional booking there ever is. Seth wins the Rumble, picks Brock Lesnar. And they yeah. did it. And that match has been set up for what? How long? Two months at this point. It'll be two. It was the first match announced for the card, right? Maybe that's Either part that. of it is the build's been too long in this day and age with this much television. <sighs> yeah, well, the, the, the problem is Brock. Justin hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Like, do you know what's funny with those three babies? Because we keep, I think we're, we're very much lumping and it's fair to do, I think for a broader discussion, lumping the three top baby faces in together on this show. With Seth, what separates him, I wonder if you guys are going to agree with this, what separates him from the other two, Kofi and Becky, is it's not so much like I'm really pulling for Seth, like I really want Seth Rollins to be the Universal Champion. It's just that I just want Brock Lesnar to go away. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like like that to me is a little bit of difference where it's like the other one, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of really rooting for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Seth and Brock, it's just like Justin kind of said it. It's like oh, freaking Brock. It's, it's just kind of this dread, um, you know, where it's I, I just the whole dynamic of him being a absentee champion just, I mean, flew the coop last Years year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. I just I haven't been digging the build to the to the Raw title match at all. And I got to say, I'm a big Paul Heyman fan, and I've always liked his work. I thought his promo on Raw was very weak. I did not particularly enjoy it. Well, he he basically, you know, it's affected him a little bit, this whole lesson. He cuts the same promo every week. I mean, how long has he been doing that? It's yeah. basically just, he just jumbles up a couple words every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, God bless him. What else is he going to, I mean, it's the same promo. Yeah. I, I didn't get the line also while I'm thinking about it, where he did the thing about uh, Seth and his generation, the thoughts and prayers thing. That didn't make any sense. It's like the reverse of what actually is the case. Okay, you know what that was. So I so with the writing, <laughs> we always hear about either Vince or somebody in the writing room just like went on like a thoughts and prayers tangent. And That's it was just so like, damn it, though. we're going to put it in the show. Like, it's it was, so weird because Seth somebody, is a millennial. And it's, isn't it millennials that always make fun of the people that say thoughts and prayers like when tragedies happen and stuff? So, like, why were why was he putting that on Seth? Of, oh, your generation always wants <laughs> thoughts and prayers. I was like, what? That's like the reverse <laughs> of what's actually true. But it didn't make know. any sense at all. Yeah, I don't know. So, somebody just wanted to rip on <laughs> thoughts and prayers. I'm Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So, yeah, I I want to see Seth win. I like Seth a lot personally, too. I know Justin does as well. But, yeah, a big part of this is just wanting Brock Lesnar to get, get away from the title. Finally, you know, make it happen. We could also you could also take the Roman Reigns tangent with this discussion. Roman's not in the title picture. Does that, does that have something to do with it? You know, is Roman's comeback affected Seth's heat at all? I mean, do is there anything to that? Ooh. We could explore that, too. Um, but for whatever reason, I just this the momentum for this is is pretty low at this point but uh we will see we shall see i mean brock's been on what once since like two you know not this past Monday, but the week before since he f5'd him and the match was announced yeah and that's is for, that it for, yeah exactly and for seth that's such a difficulty because here he's working a feud with a guy who's never there so what's he supposed to do he's just spinning his yeah. wheels you know, i thought he tra- some people were pretty critical of that of his promo Seth's on Monday. Mm. I thought he was trying, you know, there was a time when I thought Seth, you know, I, I did not like his heel promos at all in 2015 mm-hmm. with the J and J. And I thought his babyface promos weren't a lot better initially, but he's getting a little bit better at connecting with the audience, which was his issue. You know, yeah. he's kind of got this, come on guys, you know, kind of thing. Like, um, you know, I'm one of you, you know, Mm-hmm. Just listen to me, guys. We got to do this. You know, I don't he, he is connecting better, but it's just I just feel it's the same stuff. It is like that's it's like I've got to slay the beast. You know, I've got to get the universal title back on Raw on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. 
and and it's you know it's not a bad story but it's a hard one to sell for two and a half months yeah what's kind of amazing is that i think one of the things that has really gotten him over and that has kind of helped him click with the the crowd is something that when it first popped up we thought was kind of ridiculous and unnecessary and that was just the addition of burn it down to the beginning of his theme song you're absolutely correct you are yeah. absolutely correct. I watched an old Seth Rollins match. I have no idea what it was, but it was before Burn It Down. And I was like, yeah, but the song kind of sucks. <laughs> and it's kind of weird because it's just burnt. Like, I think when it all happened, you're right. We all, everyone laughed. They're like, what yeah. was that? And <laughs> I'm sure I made fun of it on this broadcast. And I'll admit yeah. I was wrong because it You're is like, burn it. Yeah, we're like, burn it down. Some guy just fell burn it down. <laughs> It was like, awkward though. It was like, like, what the hell is that shit? We're, I know everyone's like, "Is this bad?" And you know, it's told because it gives the crowd something to chant for, them, and that's big. It's caught on, know, yeah. In WWE canon, if you can just have that sort of built-in chant that people do for you, um, that's big. The mic drop was good that he did on Heyman. Yeah, I thought I thought he was better than Paul Monday Night personally. Both Pauls actually. We're going to talk about Triple H. Should we transition to that one? I see Kyle pulling up something on his computer. I know I you got some like, hot takes on this. Um, no, I was just, I actually don't have any hot takes. It was just, <laughs> it was, I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I, but, uh, he, he got like the man. DX, he got like the DX comedy type, you know, stuff yeah. in early. And then he did transition to making it a little more serious at the end. But <laughs> the feud has been portrayed pretty seriously at this point so it was a little odd when he came out it was like a comedy bit for well, most of the promo you know i wonder how much that letter they have not been able to get the envelope out of his jacket kind of <laughs> threw him off and he tried to but it was it was very much a stand-up comedy routine followed by i will put my career on the line at wrestlemania the little spice girls added in yes i was just kind of odd also somebody also somebody by the way chose that time i laughed real hard at this so when, when triple h did that somebody tweeted the story from a couple days ago when your girl mel b said she slept with the other spice oh, girl oh yeah, yeah i saw that i was oh that was absolutely <laughs> that's totally why triple h had the spice girls on his mind maybe <laughs> loved it <laughs> uh mr joint what'd you think of triple h on monday night Going back to my very first statement about, you know, Raw and SmackDown just being two completely different shows. So I DVR both and I normally get to fire them on about eight o'clock. I started Raw at eight o'clock. He lives in the the central time zone. Central time zone. And I I was basically looking at my phone for... 95% 95% of the show. And then, you know, and then I realized halfway through the triple H segment that I had missed it. So I was like, Oh shit, I, I should probably rewind this and check this one out. And, you know, it's a big WrestleMania feud. And I think one minute into it, I was just back of my phone staring at it, you know, <laughs> not even paying attention. This sounds like my raw viewing. Also, I always watch SmackDown live cause I have to for my job, but uh raw, I always start at least an hour late. Um, I, pretty sure i started watching it central time zone also uh like 9 30 i started watching it really late i was watching me and my wife were watching Shit's creek on netflix for quite a while if you guys have seen that show great show great show but we've been binge watching that so we watched a few episodes and i was like eh, i gotta watch raw but yeah one more episode i can get to it later and i think i started at like 9 30 so 30 minutes left to raw and i watched all of it except the last two segments last night in less than an hour. Like, you know, I fast forward through a lot, but, uh, and I watched the triple H and kind of breeze through the ending with Ambrose and, you know, there at the end, uh, tonight. But, uh, yeah, my, my raw viewing habits are, are pretty weak compared to SmackDown. Like I don't really miss any of SmackDown, but raw is, I really just skip over and a that, lot of it. And that's the flip side for me is I didn't, touch my phone outside of your guys's text messages that ruined the Charlotte match for me. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't touch my phone at all to what, you know, while watching SmackDown and that was such a good, I mean, everything on that was so good. Including, including the Miz was fantastic. Justin joint though. I got to say, I touched myself by the way. (laughs) I knew this was coming. I saw you start smiling on the camera down there. I just knew it. I knew it. Uh, Did you, did you hit your finisher? Yeah, I did. Oh, God. oh That's off the rails, Tony. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? 
I lost my train of thought. Oh, touching the your old, phone. The old five-star frog splash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Meltzer, Meltzer gave it six stars immediately. Uh, the five-star hog splash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes, touching your phone. Justin, I got to say, though, during shows, we need to get you back on our Twitter account, at Top Rope Nation, because you used to live tweet during the shows all the time. You always have hilarious takes. I want to see more Justin Joint tweets on our Twitter feed. Let's pick up that phone once in a while. Yeah, I, I don't because I start so late. And so like I'd be yeah tweeting about shit that happened an hour ago. <laughs> it maybe at least on pay-per-view nights or something. That that and it breaks my heart when I have one that I think is a masterpiece and like two people like it. It's so random. Like that's the Twitter algorithm though. Like sometimes, yeah, you'll get we got like twenty-two thousand followers on Twitter, and they're not bots, by the way. I've done a check on that. <laughs> Uh, and we'll get like, yeah, two likes. Like, how does only out of that many thousands of people, like two people like it? And then you'll have one and it'll get like 40 likes. Like, what the heck? What's going on here? But uh like like my tweets, you jerk. Mark, Mark <laughs> Hamill did. Luke Skywalker. Yes, Luke Skywalker blessed Justin Joint's child the other day on Twitter. So that was on the at Justin Joint handle, though. So uh, what else do we got to hit tonight? The Triple H. Um Oh, Kofi, we haven't really talked about. What did you, you guys know, think of the gauntlet match? Well, Did I want to say one thought? thing about Triple H. You know, I said this last week. I think the least appealing part of this whole feud between Triple H and Batista is the notion of babyface Triple H going over in a Triple H-style match. Remember, I mean, it was 29 he put his career on the line against mm-hmm. Brock. I, like, it's kind of like... Triple H putting his in-ring career on the line because he's like, you know, he, he only works the big shows anyway. Is that really that big of a deal? No. <laughs> if you're not a regular, who really cares? Yeah, like I feel like he's moved. Like I, I don't like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like we've done it. Triple H, has he ever had a good baby face performance in a mania? Hmm. Or I should say great. Well, let's be fair and say great. He's had average because like, um Jericho that wasn't very good certainly couldn't I mean they, they were put in a tough position having to follow Hogan Rock but you, you know yeah. that wasn't great um Who, who's the face in the uh the original Triple H Undertaker match maybe that maybe I was just partial to that one but Taker was Triple hey, H, oh, Triple H oh, was definitely mind. a heel that was okay. it was right before the two-man power trip with yeah. Austin um so yeah the first time he worked Mania as a well he worked as against Kane at 15 as a baby face at for when like him and China reunited, but then he like turned heel five minutes later mm-hmm. and you people think the booking is crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Vince Russo. Um, you know, he wasn't really the traditional baby face, but I was at this show mania 22. That was kind of the height of where the revolt against yeah, but, John Cena was yeah, starting. But, but he was definitely a heel. He was actually yeah. like, a, he was booked as a full fledged heel. Uh, what are the other, ba- uh, he or- kind of worked the match as a face. So if I remember, well. cause that crowd was way behind him. He it was, well, it was, he was yeah, the face from the live yes, crowd. Y- yes. Alleged company man triple H as always doing so much to promote <laughs> the up and coming baby face. Just like he worked, did for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 32. The, all the ass he showed for him and leading up to that match and during, <laughs> um but uh orton at 25 wasn't any great shakes you know when he was the baby face remember he was defending the mcmahon's honor after vince had or after orton had like assaulted all the mcmahon's wasn't i thought orton was the face then no 25 it was was, no it was triple h um i'm completely misremembering this yeah i'm thinking orton for some reason it was it was triple h roger clements uh (laughs) And then I he just had, remember Orton being like really popular back then. He, I don't know. That, that, no, that Randy Orton, he was. Randy yeah. Orton was at his. That was his peak. I thought like the whole putt, like that late 08, early 09 was Randy Orton's peak, but he was absolutely 110% a heel. Do you mean he was at his apex predatory ish? Yes, yes. <laughs> he was at his apex. Yes. Um, the Sheamus match, Triple H 26. That's kind of a throwaway. Uh, 29 against Lesnar. I hated that feud. I thought it went on way too long. So it'll be interesting to see that match on game day. Cause you know, like Justin alluded to, I think they're going to give it more time than it ought to get. Yes, for sure. Which is another, yeah, an issue. 
Guys, if you can't tell, we're kind of winging the show tonight. <laughs> we're going live after SmackDown. We don't really have the, our, our usual agenda, but sometimes these are the most fun shows that we do. Um, if you like the show and you like what we're doing, by the way, hit that subscribe button on uh, Podbean, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are. Leave us a rating. You, I say this every week. You probably just skip over it, but honestly, all you have to do is go to the app and hit five stars. Leave a couple words if, if you want. If not, just hit five stars. Honestly, the more reviews we get, that pushes us up the rankings of all the wrestling podcasts. It gets us in front of new ears, I and mean, we would greatly appreciate it. So leave us a rating on uh, whichever app that you guys use. Subscribe on YouTube, as always. Uh, the Gauntlet match, guys, on SmackDown tonight. What did you think of that? Did you guys uh, enjoy it? I thought the I thought the moment with the Usos was pretty cool. Yes, that was that was one of the highlights to me when they came out. And you know, you know, also why I loved it. Didn't want the Usos jobbing in that spot. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, it was cool. We talked about how they all had their respect and, you know, good luck and everything, and they forfeited their, their match. Um, the ending with uh, Rowan being pinned under that the table. That was great. I thought the that was creative. The crowd was super into it, too. Yep. You know, I mean, how many times is a count-out finish viewed as this, like, lame finish? Yeah. crowd totally liked it. Oh, yeah. The first opponents, Anderson and Gallows, that was their second match on TV in the last four months. I looked it up. They, they, since December, uh, like earlier mid-December, they that was only their second match on TV. They're they're pretty clearly on their way out of the company. They reportedly turned down some contract offers, and they haven't been getting used very much. But they didn't last very long. Uh, we had the bar; they lasted pretty. Uh, that was probably like the heart of the match: the bar, and then the Rusev and Nakamura part. And uh, Brian and Rowan that didn't go on very long, but had some hot spots. Um, towards the end there but overall i thought it was pretty good it wasn't as good as kofi last week obviously but uh, i didn't really mind having the the two gauntlet matches back-to-back weeks Did, were you guys kind of sitting there though just waiting for the rug to be pulled out i was thinking about it but like, I, I, I really I didn't think too. they were gonna do it this time okay. though because it's okay. so close to the show and i felt like they'd want to have at least one tv where kofi's already been announced as challenging and can sit in the challenger role the whole show and we talked about last week if, if pulling out the rug was the right decision or not. You know, we kind of made fun of the fact of all the people I touched on that in the intro, people that were so pissed when it was it's clear Kofi was still going to be in the match. Um, but this week, after doing that last week, I think that would have been a huge mistake to do it again. So yeah. I'm glad they got it over with and now he's officially announced for the match. Uh, Justin, any thoughts? Man, you um, basically hit everything. I, I'm a little burnt out on gauntlet matches, but I, I liked this story. <laughs> I, I loved the finish. <laughs> Kyle, what were you going to say? I was like, uh, you know, who, you know, who loves those gauntlet matches has got to be the writers makes their job a lot easier. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole second hour of the show is filled up. Yeah. I, you know, the, the real wrestling nerd in me was like, why am I supposed to be impressed with this 30 minute new day performance when Kofi's been going an hour in gauntlet matches? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's cool. I liked all, all the uh, wrestlers coming out. Um, oh, but and actually, that reminds me. One of the guys that came out. Uh, from now on, um, I, I am only Justin on the show. I've actually dropped the joint for my name. I am only <laughs> Justin. Okay. <laughs> all right. Mr. Justin, I presume. I'll just no, just call Justin. Just, it's actually going to be joint. The, he's, losing, he's dropping the Justin. You I'm going to have to go back and edit all 89 episode, 89 previous episodes of the show to remove your name. It's going to be a painstaking task, but I think you can do it. It's going to be like the superstars of wrestling banner on the network. It's all blurred <laughs> out on the top. You're going to have yes. to do that. Yes. I, I, out of all the instances of them doing this, isn't this the weirdest one, especially with their choice of the name they dropped? Like they dropped Antonio from Cesaro, but at least Cesaro is kind of unique. They, and they dropped Alexander uh, from Rusev, but Rusev is more unique. But they, but they drop Mustafa instead of Ali. I, I don't know. That it's just weird to me. I'm I'm so over it. Is I there actually ever, is there ever been an Ali in sports? <laughs> yeah, that's the text discussion we had. No one else is getting over as Ali. Jesus, yes, it's not going to happen. No, uh, I had this discussion with a uh, one of my good buddies earlier today. Actually, I, I actually, I actually have just been uh, tweeted something, some breaking news that all references to Muhammad Ali will be changed to Cassius Clay as a result of this. <laughs> Vince McMahon has that power. Yeah, who knew? Uh, 
No, I actually had this discussion with uh, my buddy Tim earlier, friend of the show, never misses a show. We appreciate uh, Tim's support talking about the uh, name changes and he was he was with us and i completely agree i don't really like the mustafa ali name change um he brought up some of the other ones too and i agree with justin that like in the case of cesaro in the case of rusev you know those were like they shortened them and they're definitely better another one's neville i think neville on its own was a better name too you know everyone complained about those at the time though yeah they did i think they were right on those though because i think the short Cesaro is way better. It, it well, sounds better, but I don't know about Ali. Yeah, the move here was to drop Ali and just because it's not Mustafa. unique. Yeah, it's not it's not a unique name. All those other ones are, are pretty unique names. So yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I don't. I know that this is all for like marketing purposes, but how do you market Ali? Ali is kind of taken. WWE. Greatest of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> I I watched his match against Buddy Murphy. Uh, this whole series. Uh, <laughs> Look, the bottom line is they could call him Susan. <laughs> and if he's still doing a good job, he's fine. So this will not be the end of his career. No, it, w- it won't be the end. It's it's just uh, it's worthy you, of discussion. It's kind of head scratching. Do you guys ever have any old wrestling guys who maybe like are kind of not following anymore, but they'll watch with you and they say to you that, about current wrestling? Why do these guys all just have names? You know, like, like they're always like, why is it Seth Rollins? You know, like, you know, they're kind of like, at, you know, I think they're, you know, oh, without the gimmicks, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like what, because like a lot of times, they're like, oh, well, what's this guy's deal? Yeah, you know, and, yeah. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what is kind of actually, people in the wrestling bubble don't want to hear this, but what do you like by the sixth time when you tell them, oh, well, this guy, this guy's a good wrestler? They're like, you know, they they sort of are not really impressed by that anymore. <laughs> when you say that to people, they're like, oh, that's. It's like okay, I guess that's still cool. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't have those kind of old men in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just the changing nature of the business. We kind of talk, you know, heels and faces and stuff, and it's not the same mm-hmm. as it used to be. That's something they talked about. Uh, some of the AEW guys recently. Is uh, I think Cody Rose was talking about that on Twitter that the the old heel face dynamic doesn't really exist anymore, and that you know he's just Cody or something like that. Which yeah, there's something the way, to be said for that. By the way, Cody, he's just Cody. He's guy's still gotten over. He literally is just Cody. Yes. He's, he, he's more over than he ever was as when he was work, you know, build as Cody Rhodes. And by the way, I'm not saying that those old friends are right. I'm just saying, like, I think it's interesting when you hear from people outside of a wrestling bubble, or you know, kind of their input yeah. on that. You guys are my only wrestling friends. <laughs> Everyone else is tuned out. Yeah. Do you have any friends that watch wrestling anymore, Justin? Other than me? Nope. And Kyle? Literally none? Zero. I, I do. only have a couple. I have, I have a book of, you know, small the guys I went to Mania with. Well, I was going to say, yeah. you had a whole group that came, a whole stable that came down from Cleveland. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine not liking wrestling, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I just got you two, but, you know, I don't know why I'd want to hang out with any other marks. <laughs> I have my two wrestling fans, uh, friends, and we happen to do a podcast together. That's awesome. Uh, guys, Let's let's close on this. Is this the greatest NXT TakeOver card of all time? Wow! <laughs> Let me just throw it out there. Wow! I'm going to lean towards yes. Justin, thoughts? Wow! I, I, I'm utterly unprepared for that question. <laughs> um, and, I, and, and I'm going to say... I'm, I want to say no, only because of... Tommaso Ciampa's injury and just the randomness of the world title match. I, I think Walter Dunn is going to be amazing. Um, I think the tag team match, some of the luster of that is taken away from the fact that they've been main roster. Um, the women's match is a four-way, which I don't think you can put up against the women's match from last year. Um, so no, no, I think I, I'm still going to go uh, the New Orleans one that yeah. I luckily missed while I was in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, luckily. Yeah, so I saw it, so I reacted so wildly with the wows to you, Ryan, because, uh, you know, Meltzer wrote that in the Observer last week. Oh, the, oh I didn't looks, even see that. Yeah, oh. what looks to be the greatest takeover. And I said, wow, while I was sitting there reading the Observer <laughs> because I was like, is that the consensus? And when you said it, I was like, okay, maybe I'm, you know, out to lunch. But no, I was just, I, 
I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to it, but um, I don't, you know me. I mean, I've been kind of vocal on this show that um, the weekly NXT TV show, I think is not been as great as I think it should be the last few months. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't actually want, I think, you know, again, we talk about WWE TV, how it kind of hurts the big cards sometimes mm-hmm. just by being so much of it. I think there's a whole group of people who are just like, they just see the card for takeover. They're like, this is sweet. And, you know, maybe that's better to enjoy takeovers, not to watch NXT TV. Maybe it just, you just look at the card and say, this is going to be sweet. I will say this, Riddle and Dream worked for the first time last Friday on the Florida Loop, and the match was very well received. Yeah, was, I mean, I just look up and down this card, and I th- I think this could be the greatest takeover card of all time, uh, just from a match match perspective. I I know what Justin means with with the uh, the tag title match and those guys being on the main roster and stuff, but you look at these five matches, and my God, to quote Kyle Ross, this is going to be a hell of a show. I mean, two out of three falls for the NXT title, Dream and Riddle, like you hit on the four way with the women. You know, all those women could go. Should be a really good match. Dunn and Walter awesome awesome match i texted you guys when that was made official that i was so pumped for that tag match is going to be great too so i don't know i i think it's up there i think it's definitely in contention i we won't know until after the show if it actually is but uh i mean all of it seems like every nxt takeover card has the potential to be the best one they've ever had but uh this is a stacked stack card i just i just can't wait till walter gets called to the main roster and they call him walt (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i I hope they actually switch it up and give him a last name or something (laughs) (laughs) mathow walter matthews (laughs) yes (laughs) oh man all right you guys have any other any other things you wanted to hit this week before we take it home i didn't really ask you guys for uh topics before we we headed in the show tonight so no i was wondering about that and i just figured we'd go by the seat (laughs) of our pants yeah it worked i mean i think they were pretty self-explanatory so is it going to be i guess to put it to go back 50 minutes or so or whatever an hour are we betting that it's going to be that becky's going to goad ronda into putting her title on the line and they're going to do a unification match or charlotte you mean yes i'm Yeah. yeah i'm sorry yeah I don't know. I I really hope so because I I really do think that if they don't do the unification match, it's kind of a wasted opportunity. So we'll see. I I would lean towards that happening, but I wouldn't. I at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't do it. But I I feel like it's the more likely outcome because to me that makes the most sense, makes the match more prestigious. So mm-hmm. just and it justifies the it justifies the three way too. Yeah, Justin, you said you don't think it's going to be unification. No, so. I, I can about guarantee it won't be unification match, but both titles will be on the line. Um, I actually I got one more topic because this oh, was sent. In. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, oh boy, have we gone down a road? That's very interesting. Well, what? no, because Becky's got <laughs> Becky's got to pin Ronda regardless, right? No, 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 no. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte's eating the L on this one. Ron is the new Brock Lesnar. Even if she's going away for a year or two, she's not going to lose at WrestleMania. That would Charlotte. be a really that would be a really weird way to do it, though. If you think about it, if if the SmackDown title is not on the line and it's not unification, to have the SmackDown yeah, that's a lose, thing. Yeah. and then the Raw title change that would be odd. So, so I was getting to Justin's scenario that both titles would be on the line, but it's not unification. Well, if that's Becky's got because Ronda is. Unless if you know, unless if the fake news enemy of the people is uh, lied to us again, <laughs> uh, you know, we all think we all think uh, Rhonda's leaving, right? Yeah, but like at the same time, so logically, ha- would 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 Becky even pin Charlotte? Like, if that was the case, and whoever you pin, you win their title. I feel like she'd refuse to pin Charlotte because she wants Rhonda, right? Yeah. See, I yeah, that scenario does to actually does not make sense becky is definitely going to be the raw champion like yeah if it's a unification match i could see her pinning charlotte like somehow the match plays out that way but she wins both titles if it's if it's not a unification i don't know because then you could do becky and ronda one-on-one finally which you haven't done and everyone wanted yeah 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing. If Becky pins Charlotte here. Yeah, you say that got, for like you, SummerSlam you, or something. Yeah, you've got Becky. That's Ronda's big comeback match. Yeah. My God, I'm I'm a mastermind. <laughs> uh, speaking of masterminds, this is my last topic, guys. Uh, Derek, our boy Derek Chappelle sent this one in. Uh, he, he alerted me to the news story, and I'm not really sure that I buy this story as realistic, but I wanted to get your takes on this. So this has to do with next year's mania. Oh, of course, Derek texted you this. I know exactly what the story is. Yeah. So there's this report out from Mike Johnson that supposedly WWE. Talk about the enemy of the people. (laughs) Supposedly WWE (laughs) is going around trying to shut down all the indie shows around Tampa, Florida next next year. Like WWE doesn't want all these companies congregating and sharing in the profits, which I don't know, to me doesn't make sense. It's more excitement for the whole industry, but I don't understand how it's even remotely possible. Like if you just think about business 101, how in the blue hell to quote the rock could WWE go to all these venues throughout the city of Tampa and threaten them to not book wrestling shows where they could make money because obviously thousands and thousands of wrestling fans are going to be in the city and say, yeah, we don't want you to book any other company when WWE themselves are not holding a show in that venue. Why the hell would those, would those venues care what WWE thinks? It makes no sense at all. I thought that report was pretty sketchy the minute I read it. And I honestly, I don't believe it. And if WWE is trying to do it, I don't see how they actually could succeed in doing that. So Kyle, I mean, I guess it's not 1987 anymore, but Vince McMahon once did get the cable companies to drop Starcade. But they're because, profiting because it's WrestleMania. Because, right? quote, because, quote, I won't let you show WrestleMania, even though if I even though I would be cutting my own nose off despite my face yes, by but, doing that. But he got them to buy that line of manure. But that's, yeah, but that's not the same thing because those cable companies were going to profit off of WrestleMania. Like here, you're talking about like some, I don't know what the venues are in Tampa, but like some random convention hall that like Progress Wrestling is going to run or something like WWE's not going to have a show there. That comp- that okay. uh, venue wants to make money. How the hell can WWE stop right. them from holding a show there? Okay, this is one thing. I thought I hated the article's headline. Like when I saw the story, WWE looking to shut down indies in Tampa. Look, they've got like some kind of working agreements with some of these groups. I don't think it's the indies. I, th- I do think they are going to work hard to make life difficult. For the AEWs, the ROHs, the New Japan's, you know, the ROH New Japan al- alignment, and AEW. If, if they couldn't stop MSG from having, well, AEW, I know he's pissed. I know he's pissed about it. <laughs> There's pissed. no freaking way they're gonna shut down. Look, so, I don't, like not, again, I don't know what the venues are throughout Tampa, but or even in like the nearby cities, but. If ROH or AEW wants to have a show around there in a venue that WWE is not working and these guys can draw over 10,000 fans, I guarantee you there is no way WWE is going to prevent that from happening. Because those venues, gonna they want to make the money. It's all about the money. So like, if WWE is not running your venue, kiss off. Like, What the hell do they care about what WWE thinks? So I don't, I don't, I don't buy this story for one second. I think it's, it's complete. To quote a Midwestern phrase, hogwash kyle russ <laughs> Justin, you have any thoughts on this no it sounds ridiculous <laughs> it's just i don't buy it. it just doesn't make any logical sense at all but mike johnson reported this at pw I hope, better i hope it happens i think it's absolutely ridiculous these companies are piggybacking off the world <laughs> wrestling federation <laughs> ridiculous you always know when kyle's been drinking because you get the world wrestling federation references <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right on that note guys let's let's take it home so uh this has been episode 90 next week we will be having our wrestlemania preview show hard to believe but we'll be there with episode 91 and then we'll talk about it this week guys but wrestlemania night maybe do a post show perhaps i don't know i've been thinking about it. it yeah i might be into it I mean, we we run a wrestling podcast. That's the height of wrestling yes. interest. We got it. We, we got to capitalize. So it depends on what, yeah. It depends what my God. Last year, I could have. <laughs> think I was. I think I was just wandering around Bourbon Street looking for a microphone. To yeah, I was going to say, did you go out that night? I can't remember. Yeah, then I got mad. <laughs> I, was, I was. I was really upset. Justin and I had to get up at like what was it like three a.m. or something for I a made flight. Some, 
I may have made another some, bad decision on our part. Yeah. I may have made some controversial out loud remarks about Brock Lesnar that night that I can't take <laughs> back. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, guys, we will catch you next week. Again, if you want to join us, get access to that exclusive video cast. It's only $1 a month. We'd really appreciate your support. We got bills to pay. It costs money to host this podcast every single month. So if you can help us out and just show that you enjoy what we're doing, we're, we're talking $1. And then you can access this, this uh, video cast every week. You can watch it live with us as we record. You can watch it on demand. You get the show early. It's a pretty good deal. Plus exclusive content, merchandise, discounts, or free merchandise and all of that. So check it out at patreon.com slash top rope nation. Leave us a review on all the podcasting platforms and we will catch you all next Hold week. On, 91. I have a question. Yes. For the listeners to ponder for a week. All right. Who's worse? 1987 superstar, Billy Graham or 2019 Kurt Angle. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> at least they kept the match short tonight on SmackDown. People want to think this guy's having a freaking <laughs> having a Broadway with John Cena. Or should <laughs> have a Broadway. Let us know your thoughts on that, guys. Tweet us at Top Rope Nation. You can tweet him at TRP Kyle, by the way. Let him know your personal thoughts. Send him your personal <laughs> pictures, whatever you want to do. Can you imagine if 2019 Kurt Angle wrestled 1987 super, Superstar Billy Graham? Oh, man. That should be bad. I'd rather not try to think about that because I want to sleep here in a little bit. So, Actually, maybe it would put me to sleep, but it might give me nightmares. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch you all next week. Have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Peace.